Hey everyone, thanks for joining us again. This is the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast with Mike Taglier and I'm Bobby Sylvester. Tags, at the end of the show, we're going to do a one-on-one draft.com showdown. Are you as pumped for this as I am? I am pumped, man. I, 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 we were just talking before the show. Like this week has gone like perfectly. I don't know what it is, but I feel so prepared for this week. I, I turned back the clock and I, I went back and I had, I went to the store and I got like child's food. Basically, I, I've been eating raisinets and drinking a monster. So I feel like a kid. I have so much energy, go, man. like pent up for this show. And uh, we had an awesome guest, so I'm ready. Yeah, I hadn't talked to you about this, but um, I found my old favorite candy. Warhead Super Sour Spray Candy, oh. and I've been like basically drinking this bottle all day. And I know that sounds disgusting to some of y'all, but you're you're wrong. It's amazing, and uh, so I think this is going to be a great show because I had my candy. Ew, uh, that's that's all, that's, <laughs> that's, that's all I'm going to say is ew. <laughs> so uh, we've got a DFS show for y'all today with Davis Maddock of RotoWire.com. Davis can be found on Twitter at Davis Maddock. That's his name. That's M A T. T-E-K Davis. How's it going, man? Doing uh doing great. I'm team I'm team sour spray as well. Totally yeah, on board. Baby. Oh my god. You're like I, the only I, other adult I've ever heard in my life who uh, <laughs> doesn't think that that's just ridiculous. I may not uh, be the best company to keep in terms of uh, candy. <laughs> yeah. I mean I finished all my uh my kids' Halloween candy, so like you know, what am I supposed to do now? I went and got some sour spray. No, <sighs> no absolutely nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so uh, Davis, the last time you were on the show. I had my best DFS week of the season, so I'm just going to go ahead and give you full credit now, but I'm expecting more magic this week. Is that a deal? Yeah, let's do it. It's uh, like these bye weeks, though, they've just been absolutely brutal. Like some of the decisions, like some of the players you roster during these bye weeks, it's been terrible. Yeah, yeah, it does not feel good when you put in your lineup, but it helps to know that everyone else is feeling the same way. And everyone's like thinking, hey, we don't have six teams on a bye anymore, so we're through, you know, the huge bye week mess. Well, look at some of the teams we have on buys this week. We're missing all kinds of good fantasy players, so it's going to be rough again, but um, like Tag said, I feel really good about this slate. Yeah, and uh, no Patriots either on the DraftKings main slate. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say, is that Patriots are usually players that you can kind of rely on for a lot of points, some consistency, especially from the Not passing the running game. backs. <laughs> well, the, yeah. <laughs> no, that's actually a game to attack if you're playing like a Thursday through Monday slate. I think that Rex Burkhead and uh, and James White are both solid plays this week. Um, not Deion Lewis and Mike Gillisley, but those two other guys. But yeah, they're definitely not on this, the main slate, which is a little disappointing for me. Uh, but I still feel like there's a lot of choices on the main slate where there's like you have a lot of good choices and it's narrowing it down, like especially at the running back position. Uh, I think there's plenty of solid plays. There's some players that seem to be mispriced. Uh, I'm sure we're going to talk about all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's one player that really stands out on the slate to me as mispriced. Like, I don't know if there was an error or what's going on. We will get to that. And we're going to get into our FanDuel and DraftKings picks for cash games and tournaments here in a minute. But first, I want to just do a brief roundup of the recent news items. Des Bryant not practicing, nor is Matt Forte. And now Vontae Davis is out for the season. Davis, do any of these items have much significance to you? I mean, I guess people do probably still think of Vontae Davis as like a, a really good corner right he's not he's not but I think people might believe that oh I I actually do believe that I I thought that he was the best corner on the Colts do you think he's not anymore I mean that's not really saying much but when he's out the Colts defense is even worse the last I checked he had like a 38 on a scale of 1 to 100 grade from pro football focus (laughs) and they spend a lot of time watching all that tape so yeah like the Colts are allowing th- like 31 and a half points per game. Like they're they're they are so much worse than every other defense in football. It's like not even it's like not even close. So this that didn't really move the needle for me much. Okay. And what what about this Des Bryant issue? Like I was thinking about playing him in cash games and I guess we will get to that. But now that he's not practicing, like I know he's a professional. He can go out there and play. He's got the ankle injury and Jake Seeley was talking about how, you know, he's worried he might re-aggravate it and miss the game. I took him out of my cash game lineups. There's no way I'm plugging him in now. Yeah, I wouldn't have played. I wouldn't have been playing dozen cash this week, anyways. I mean, Atlanta's a solid matchup. Don't get me wrong, but they've been more kind of giving to the running back position than they have wide receivers. It's it's just right. it seems like it's been a capped ceiling. And on top of that, like wide receivers playing through ankle injuries is not a good thing. Does Bryant like? It was a close game against the Chiefs this past week, and he left the game, and it was like towards the beginning of the fourth quarter, and he never came back. You saw him trying to get get loose on the sidelines, and it just wasn't working. I think that there's more to this injury than they're letting on. I think it's very possible that he misses this game this week, and if he does, 
Terrence Williams and even Bryce Butler come on your radar a little bit as two guys that you could play at very, very, very low prices. Uh, their ownership would probably skyrocket uh, if Des yeah. Bryant was announced as out. Um, well, Williams, Williams is hurt too. Yeah, the, he ding he had his ankle, but he came up. But then he practiced on Wednesday. I want to or yesterday. I want to say um, he practiced yesterday, right? I'm not sure on that. I know when I write my column on Wednesdays, and I know that at that point he had not practiced yet. Gotcha. We'll see what's going on here. To me, it just looks like a Jason Witten week. So we're going to do this the same way we did last week. I really like the way that show flowed uh, better than how we had been doing it. So the first half, we're going to be talking about cash games. These are the ones where half of lineups double up their money. The other halves don't make anything. So you want to play it safe in these lineups. Then we'll talk about tournament lineups. And uh, these are the ones where you got to take some big contrarian shots because someone is going to win a huge prize and not many people are going to cash. So you got to take some risks. So Davis tags, let's go to the quarterback position first for cash games. Who are a few players you'd consider on one side or the other, Davis? Uh, Stafford and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Probably probably not Fitzpatrick on Stole FanDuel. my dudes. Those, those are the only two I'm considering then. Yeah, those are the only two I put in my write-up this week. Those are the only two guys I've even tried to construct a cash game lineup with. I think they'd be the only ones I would consider. You guys are funny. Like I, I, I actually agree on the Stafford portion, but I, to know that you guys have not even considered Dalton, that tells me that his ownership is going to be like too low this week. Andy Dalton's a fantastic... He's actually going to be my cash game quarterback. I would, I'll play him because I can get Le'Veon Bell in my lineup. Uh, while playing Andy Dalton relatively easy, which is what I want to do. Um, Dalton, okay, so since Bill Lazor took over, Dalton has completed 66% of his passes. He's thrown 11 touchdowns, four interceptions. So that's that's great and all right. But he also played against the Jaguars and the Steelers inside of that in, inside of that range, which are tougher matchups. He's he's done extremely well against bad pass defenses. And if you go and you look at the Tennessee Titans, yes, they've looked better over the last month. But when you look at the quarterbacks they've played, I mean, Jay Cutler, Blake Bortles, Deshaun Kaiser, Joe Flacco, those guys don't 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 scare a defense. Uh, they they are only sacking quarterbacks on three point eight percent of their dropbacks, which is the second lowest number in the entire NFL. So that tells me that Andy Dalton isn't going to be under as much pressure as people seem to think. Without Jake Fisher, uh, there is the right tackle. So uh, when you go on the road, Andy Dalton and AJ Green, for whatever reason, they have hooked up on the road. They've played better on the road. Uh, we'll talk about that when we get into wide receivers. But uh, I do like Stafford. But at the same time, if I can get uh, so it's $1,100 price difference on FanDuel. It's a $1,500 difference on DraftKings. I'm going to take the discount because that's going to allow me to to spend up at either wide receiver or running back. And, and in this case, I'm talking about Le'Veon Bell. So Yeah, I mean, I, I get that. I hyped him up in the last show talking about Andy Dalton has only had three games all season where he didn't play a top quadrant pass defense in those games. 16 points, 30 points, 18 points. So like, yeah, that's pretty good. And I love Andy Dalton this week. He's one of my top four quarterbacks. I just think Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback of the week, regardless of price. And he's pretty cheap too. So I really like him. And then Ryan Fitzpatrick is virtually free and he's a gunslinger. So, you know, he's going to get it done and hit value. Well, you guys are, you guys aren't scared about Mike Evans missing the game. No, I'm not. I'm not really scared at all. I actually, I don't think that's necessarily a positive, but I do think that it might keep some people off of him. And also I think that Fitzpatrick has had this tendency in the past, like when he played with Hopkins and stuff, he just laser Mm -hmm. focuses on one guy. It makes him a lot easier to defend. And I don't think there's anyone on the team that draws that right now. And I I think that actually might lead to him having a better fantasy ceiling because I think if Evans is not out there, Godwin is going to start. And so if his two outside wide receivers are Deshaun Jackson and Godwin, he's going to have like a ton of air yards in this game. That's a good call. Yeah, Godwin can really break a big play. And we don't know if uh, Morris Claiborne is playing yet. He missed last week. Uh, I I, I tried looking at it earlier today and I found nothing about it. So I'm assuming that Morris Claiborne is going to be back. Uh, but he did miss last week. If he misses the game, I mean, it's a free for all for Deshaun Jackson in that secondary. Uh, I don't, I don't necessarily mind the call at forty nine hundred. He's really, really cheap. But going up just four hundred bucks to get to Dalton is what I'll probably do. Yeah, Dalton's a great price on DraftKings. Yeah, for sure. I, I may legitimately just not have the four hundred dollars with some of the other guys that I think I'm just locking into my lineups like that. I, I may not be able to get there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not using Fitzpatrick. I just think Stafford is one of the best plays of the season. I'm not just throwing that out there for hyperbole. I mean, he's going up against Cleveland. Our consensus projections have him for 20.41 fantasy points. That's the highest on the slate, and he's the seventh most expensive guy. Yeah, like so six of eight quarterbacks this year have thrown for at least two touchdowns against Cleveland. Cleveland has stopped the run extremely well, just 2.9 yards per carry to this point. Uh, again, like so if you going back to 2015, this is a stat that I just keep a running tally of. Uh, dating back to 2015, the Browns have allowed 
uh, multiple passing touchdowns in 27 of their last 34 games. Like he's throwing two touchdowns in this game. It's happening. I'm not, yeah. I'm not worried about that. I am concerned a little bit about the ceiling is just that Stafford has thrown a lot the last, uh, the last three weeks. He's been throwing a bit more. Um, and I just don't know if they want to throw a whole lot this game. Like, I don't think they need to in order to beat the Browns, but I, I think he's one of the safest quarterbacks out there, which is what we're talking about in cash. So, like I said, I have no issues with Stafford. It's just I don't know if I can spend that much money on him. You know, like when Davis and I are talking about uh, going and spending some more money at some of these other positions. Let's just say that Matthew Stafford gets a 25 percent drop in how much he's been throwing the ball lately. He's still throwing the ball 33 times. He's thrown the ball 130 times in the past three games. If you take out his contest against Minnesota this year, he has at least 15 Fanduel points in every single game this year. Yeah, no, like I said, he's safe. I'm not concerned about the floor there. I'm just concerned. It's more about the price. I think that's what it's really about because he is priced to where he kind of should be. Maybe, honestly, you could make the case for that he should be 7,000, maybe 7,100 on DraftKings, but he's priced almost right where I think Andy Dalton is just like far underpriced. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think those are really the three guys that we should all be considering this week for cash games. Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. T- Tags, what do you think about Fitzpatrick, man? I mean, I'm not opposed to Fitzpatrick. Like a lot of people told me that it's an upgrade for all the wide receivers in Tampa. And I was no. like, if you guys think it's an upgrade, I'm like, you guys didn't watch Fitzpatrick in 2016 because he was awful. Uh, with that being said, he hasn't looked bad in his spot starts that he's done this year. And, and some people made the case like, Mike, well, he's not an upgrade on Winston, but with the way that Winston had been playing. Playing. Yeah, he's an upgrade, but you saw that how the floors of where Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans went with how bad J- Jameis Winston was playing. But don't take too much away from the Saints guys because playing bad against the Saints isn't isn't as bad as it was in years past. The Saints defense is actually pretty legit. Uh, they're getting pressure on the quarterback. They have a number one cornerback. It's just it's a different team. So don't just think Saints. And if you can't destroy the Saints, you suck. Don't think that anymore. It's just yep. it's a different year. So again, Fitzpatrick at forty nine hundred. It's it's definitely someone you should consider for cash games, especially when you're pinching for a couple hundred dollars. Like we were saying, like it's only four hundred to go up to Dalton. Uh, but at the same time, I could understand because I was creating a cash game lineup before we started and uh, I had to I was missing one hundred dollars to fit in a player I wanted. So I actually downgraded my defense a little bit just to fit. So, I mean, I could definitely understand where Davis is coming from. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I, I think maybe our our difference is I, I'm not willing to sacrifice the Rams defense this week. They were like the they were <laughs> like the second guy I put it, the second player I put in. Hold on, well, let's just talk defense right now, because I thought it was the Jags for sure. Like I was saving two minutes to just say. Okay, the Jags are the definite play this week, but you think it's the Rams? I want to hear this. So the Rams are at home. They are $300 cheaper than the Jaguars. And Tom Savage is so bad that the Colts defense was was the chalk last week in DraftKings cash games for the dead minimum. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> we just we just talked about how bad the Colts defense has been and they they scored positive points uh in that scenario. I I just think that the Rams are like the absolute worst case is what that they get like 8 and I think that just like in that first game that they had actually uh, against the Colts and I, I forget the name of that terrible quarterback they started, but it, it's like the same scenario. Like, I just don't think that there's Scott Tolzien. Scott Tolzien. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that we're seeing a scenario like where that could happen again. What What is the price point for these two defenses on uh, on DraftKings? I see what it is for FanDuel. Yeah. And the Rams are more expensive than the Jags. Yeah, the Rams are 3600 and the Jags are 3900 Okay. Um, I, I kind of see this from Davis's standpoint. I just don't know if I have enough cash to get up to 3,600. Um, I actually like the Giants defense and nobody's going to, nobody is going to be on board with that this week. I promise you. Uh, I think the Vikings You'd like them for cash games. I, I wouldn't play them in cash. <laughs> I don't want to be clear about that. I mean, the Vikings, I think, can be played in cash. The The Washington Redskins offensive line is is smashed. They don't have a wide yeah. receiver to, to take advantage of anything. Um, so the Vikings, 3,100, they're probably going to be my cash game defense. I just I, I can't see any reason to fade the Jags unless they're playing an offense like uh, like the Patriots or the Eagles or the Rams or something. I can't believe we're throwing the Rams in that conversation, <laughs> but, but you know, you have to. They've been the best defense in 15 years. I mean, that's not an exaggeration whatsoever. They have been that good. Yeah, they've been dominant. Um, I mean, the Chargers offensive line has really been like oddly good. Uh, Philip Rivers, that was something that I notice every single week and I keep waiting for it to change, but it it really hasn't. He's only been sacked on 3.7% of his dropbacks, which is the fifth fewest in the NFL. And the Saints, the Saints actually are number one, um, like by far. Drew Brees just isn't getting touched. That offensive line has overplayed what everybody expected them to. But the Rams, I do dig that call because the only way that Houston scores points in the Rams 
this week is is via Lamar Miller and Lamar Miller Davis. I don't know if you're a Lamar Miller guy, but we um, I've had a conversation with Bobby on this show about Lamar Miller saying that he's like a slight he's like a younger version of Frank Gore, where he's like every week he's going to get you in between 50 and 75 yeah, yards, I'm nothing not more, nothing Miller less at all. Yeah, he's very boring. So I can't see him going off for 100 plus yards against uh, even even against the Rams who have been awful against the run. So I do think that the Rams are a good play. OK, yeah, I mean, I like both plays. I just there's no way you're not going to find me using the Jags. They've got at least a dozen points six times oh, this yeah. season. They've got 28 points twice. Um, you know, they're on pace to break the NFL single season record for sacks like shatter it. Yeah, no, the Jags, I mean, if they were cheaper than the Rams, for sure, I would go with them. So on FanDuel, it seems like the Jags would be the defense to play. But yeah, on DraftKings, they're the most expensive. So you guys talked about saving some cash at the quarterback position. And uh, I'm with you. Like, I would love to. I just think Stafford's that good of a play that I'm going to be saving cash at wide receiver because I think we have to spend up at running back this week. Like there are no good value plays that you can trust in cash games. There's plenty of of uh, sneaky plays that you could use for GPP, but in cash games, I almost think you have to use two of the top four. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell, Ezekiel Elliott, Leonard Fournette. Davis, are you with me on this? Yeah, uh, I think that the plays, like the the two clear plays to me are Le'Veon and Gurley. Those are the those are the guys okay. I'm really focused on. I love Bell. I mean, I, I mean, I think you're if you if you don't play Bell this week, you're a fish. Um, like, <laughs> yeah, I think I think Tags like, is right. Okay, <laughs> there's no reason not to play Le'Veon Bell this week. Like, if you don't, you're just throwing away money. Um, but but going to the other ones, like Todd Gurley against Houston for whatever reason, Houston has been despite losing three of their uh, top front seven players, including J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless. It's hurt their pass game more than it's hurt their run defense uh, against the run this year. They're allowing I think it's just three point three yards per carry. They they haven't allowed a rushing touchdown since. Since week one to Leonard Fournette, who has really been destroying every single opponent in his arsenal. And Gurley has been trending down in the yards department. Like his yardage has come down quite a bit. He's not hitting that 100 yard bonus anymore. He's not catching nearly as many passes. I'm not saying that he's not a, a fine play. Like he, he, everything's right. They're at home. They're a big favorite. They're playing against Houston. Like we don't have any worry about volume. I just think it could be a game they could say, you know, Malcolm Brown go in there for, you know, 30, 40 percent of the time because we really don't need to wear down Todd because this has the looks of a playoff team. Like as much as we didn't think that was going to be a thing, the Rams are set up to make a playoff run. They're going to get a bye, man. Yeah, they might be the best team in the NFC. Like for real, they're, it's they're odd. really good. Yeah, it's really scary. Like they've been so much better against wide receivers than people think too. Uh, but that's my concern with Gurley. Uh, Fournette's a rock solid play, but again, on, on DraftKings, the PPR, it's a little worse, but I remember Bobby, you and I had a conversation last week about Fournette and you were talking about using him in cash. And I obviously you would have pulled him with all the news with him, you know, not like starting for the team, but yes, <laughs> I'm feel, I, I feel much better knowing that Leonard Fournette has now not played in a game in like over three weeks, 28 days. By the time he gets on the field, it will have been 28 days since he last stepped on the field. That is phenomenal. That's almost like literally someone coming off suspension and like being having fresh legs while yeah. everybody else is run down. Now, granted, the Chargers are just coming off their bye week, so they got a little bit of rest in there, too. I think Fournette is a solid, solid play. Yeah. Um, I would rather play Fournette over Gurley this week. I think there's other running backs down the list. Like, I think you play Le'Veon Bell and then you go down the list a little bit and look at Jordan Howard and uh, Devonta Freeman. Okay, we'll talk about those guys in just a second. I want to stick on these four real quick because I think most people will be on at least one of them, maybe two of them. I said that I'm playing Fournette and Zeke. Between the two, it's definitely Fournette for me. I think he's been the most steady player at any position in the NFL. He's got a touchdown in every single game, at least 12 fantasy points uh, on FanDuel. I'm sorry, at least 13 in every single game. And he's had one of the hardest schedules. So I think you can ride him this week on 28 days rest. And uh, he's also cheaper. So I love that play. Tags, why don't you go ahead and go down and, and hype up Jordan Howard now? Yeah, Jordan Howard, like, I don't know why. I think this is one of those mispriced players, even though on DraftKings, it's a PPR format and he hasn't caught many passes recently. Um, The Bears, like under Mitch Trubisky in the four games that he started, Jordan Howard has averaged like 25 carries per game. We don't need him to catch very many passes when he's getting that many touches uh, at 6,100. The Packers are not the same team without Aaron Rodgers. You know, he 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 masked so many deficiencies in that team. Uh, he basically playing a ball control style offense. They could do whatever they wanted. They could take down the clock, whereas now they can't under Brett Hundley. Brett Hundley is just not very good. So it's, it's, it's fading their defense. Their defense is getting more, more and more war- worn down. And if you give Jordan Howard, you know, 25 carries against the Packers defense, he's going to pay dividends. The Packers have allowed the last four teams that have played against them at least 31 carries in every single game. 
So there's really the Bears are at home. Their defense is playing great. Is there anything that I'm missing here, Davis? Is there any reason not to like Jordan Howard? I mean, yeah, you're missing that Carlos Hyde had 11 targets last week, and he's only priced at $200 more than Jordan Howard on DraftKings, <laughs> or actually only $100 like more. So that's so you like Hyde over Howard? Yeah, I just wouldn't even consider Howard on DraftKings when Hyde was right there. Now, if Hyde was priced at 7000 I would think that they would be close. But I, I think that the clear thing that happened is that you know, Marquise Goodwin is not a possession wide receiver. He's not capable of doing mm-hmm. that. Uh, George Kittle is banged up, and they're trying to run this very simplistic offense, whether it is uh, Bethard or uh, Garoppolo going to be starting his first game. And Hyde, uh, Matt Breida was kind of a concern with him. Breida had a season-low three touches in that game. I don't. I just don't see any way that Hyde doesn't get like his absolute floor has got to be 11 DraftKings points. And he also should have had a touchdown last week and got stuff. Man, he's got 22 receptions in the last four games. No, I mentioned that on our last pod is that Carlos Hyde has more receptions than LaShawn McCoy. He has more receptions than Le'Veon Bell. Amazing. He's been used all. And that's the thing. You mentioned that George Kittle's banged up. George Kittle's out for this game. And so is Trent Taylor. So basically they're looking at Marquise Goodwin and Aldrick Robinson, two wide receivers who are under five foot 10 as like their, their perimeter wide receivers. They're missing their slot receiver we're gonna get down to it but uh garrett Selleck is like uh, he's he's actually a cash game play at 2500 (laughs) like and i can't believe i'm saying that but it's for real like in in with the with joe staley missing this game again like their left tackle out it's going to hurt that's why there's so many reasons i like the giants defense a bit but i actually i have no issue with hyde i have no issue at all i just have an issue with the offense in general (laughs) where it's like i don't know how many points they're going to score in this game and that's my concern with hyde whereas howard i have more confidence that you know he's going to score on 25 carries like that's that's going to happen so i honestly i think you can make the case to play both of them at 63 and 6100 but i hadn't really thought about hyde as much uh but he's definitely going to be catching passes out of the backfield out of necessity not necessarily even because they want to but because they have to vegas has uh the 49ers at 20 points i mean it's not like it's the Packers at 16 and how crazy is it we're talking about the 49ers being favored to score four extra points than the Packers I mean the 49ers also run they've ran the most plays in the NFL and they have the fastest time in between plays uh so like I just think I Hyde just seems like a stone lock on on DraftKings wouldn't would rather play Jordan Howard on FanDuel where the touchdowns are more important yeah. Now, Tags, you mentioned Devonta Freeman, and uh, yeah, look, I know this price is absurdly low. Like people are going to see this sixty five hundred on Fanduel. What is he on DraftKings? Tags six thousand, six thousand dollars on on DraftKings. Yeah. Look at look at his touches. He has forty four carries in his last four games. That scares me to death. There is no way I'm using him in a cash game. No, since the, well, since the buy. Um, that's what's happened. Uh, I think there's a little concern with the shoulder that people are talking about, and I need to make sure he gets in a full practice before this game takes place in order to trust him. But at 6,000, like Devonta Freeman will be in my lineups. And I'm telling you that I don't care if you're playing against me in a head to head, whatever at home, he's a different running back. They've played three of the last four games that you're talking about. They played on the road where he just does not play well on grass. Whatever reason, over the last two years, he scored just four touchdowns in 13 road games playing at home, 14 touchdowns in his last 11 games. Like that's legit. Um, like he's just a different player there. Dallas is legitimately a bottom 10 run defense. They can't stop the run. I just think this comes down to him playing at home. The Falcons are projected to score a ton of points in this game. And unless you think that Matt Ryan's going to kind of go off, you want to play Devonta Freeman at 6,000 and he, you know, he's going to catch passes. That's, that's going to happen. So, um, I just think that turf fits him better. He's a very shifty running back. He's not a one cut running back like Tevin Coleman. He, uh, I don't know for whatever the case is, but I trust his home numbers. And at 6,000, you will never see him price that cheap again. Yeah, that, that makes sense, Tags. Um, let me ask you this. I don't think it's going to happen, but there's probably a 25, 30% chance that Freeman is ruled out. If that happens, Davis, would Coleman be in play for you? Yeah, absolutely. If I if I can give any running back price the way Coleman is a monopoly of his team's work, I'm yeah. going to look at him. In fact, if that happens, I would probably forego playing Gurley. Okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Coleman, yeah. 4,800. So guys, any other running backs on your cash game radar before you move out to wide receiver? No, those are those are really the guys I focused on for cash. I think Lamar Miller. I mean, we talked about how we don't like Lamar Miller, but at fifty two hundred, uh, he should be at least in the conversation. Yeah, uh, because basically in, in a cash game, you're looking for two and a half multiplied. So you need him to score what thirteen points, thirteen PPR points against the Rams. I mean, 
that's not hard for any running back to do. I think so, if I mean, you're I think not he's think, safe. Yeah, I think if you're not thinking about him, you're doing it wrong. But there's just too many other good plays this week for him to end up in my. I lineup. agree. I agree. But I wanted to mention him because yeah. he is relatively safe at 5200. Yeah. Okay, guys. So let's move on over to wide receiver. And I would love to use Antonio Brown. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't use Julio Jones, but I'm not going to have the cash. So uh, Davis, we'll let you start. Who's your top cash game play of the week? It's probably Golden Tate. Uh, I feel like at under 7K with his target volume, he's got a 21% target share of that offense. But as we've discussed about Stafford's attempts are so much higher that that 21% target share is a little bit more valuable. And I just feel like he's like incredibly safe for that price. Yeah, he's overdue for a touchdown yeah. too. Like my only concern here is like like trying to figure out who is it going to be? Is it going to be Marvin Jones? Is it going to be Golden Tate? Because Brian ba- Body Calhoun, like he's actually been better in the slot than most people realize this year he's done well uh whereas a lot of people have hyped up jason mccourty who has really sucked in years past but he's played better this year but the browns are still allowing a ton via the pass so it's like narrowing down which one are we going to trust this week is it eric ebron against the browns like the browns are legitimately bad against the tight end position eric ebron is starting to say trust in ebron together that that does not work. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think Golden Tate's a, a solid play. I think the mine, though, my top play at wide receiver is AJ Green. He's going to be the wide receiver one this week. I'm, I'm banking on that. Yeah. And he's $1,400 cheaper than Antonio Brown, which is significant on FanDuel. Um, so, yeah, I, I like AJ Green, too. I don't know if I'll be able to squeeze him into my lineups. Uh, we'll see what goes on there. I love Golden Tate. I mean, on, on PPR DraftKings, full PPR DraftKings, Golden Tate is projected as the number four wide receiver on the slate. <laughs> That's really something. I mean, we're talking about someone whose price point is number 11. So uh, it's a great price for him. And I think you've got to use him. Actually, I don't know what he is on DraftKings. That's what he is on FanDuel is number 11. Uh, DraftKings, let's see. On the main slate, he is the eighth most expensive receiver at 6,800. Even still, it's a bargain. Yeah, Davis, is there any reason that you wouldn't play AJ Green at 7,700? Is, is it just because you're trying to save some cash? Yeah, I mean, when, when I come on a show like this or when I write my column, I like think about how I plan on doing roster construction. So like, yeah, I absolutely think AJ Green is clearly the best play this week. And I like think you should have him in tournaments and stuff like that. But I just, I don't, I guess the scenario would be if Freeman doesn't play, then I could access AJ Green in cash. Yeah. Okay. My, uh, my number one player of the week at any position, Davis, you talked about locking the Rams in. I locked in Sterling Shepard at 5,700 on FanDuel against San Francisco. He's like the only guy Eli can pass to. Sterling Shepard is going to be in 100% of my cash game and GPP lineups. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really nice price on FanDuel. Like, that's crazy. On DraftKings, I would actually think Smith-Schuster might be the better play. Okay. I like both of them. Yeah, I man, I feel like there's a lot of people on, on Smith-Schuster this week, and I'm not one of them. And I feel like it's something I need to think about. And it, I mean, it's like one of those things like where we all we're all like human, right? And we, we get attached to certain things and we want to hold on to things where it's like, I may be overanalyzing it when I talk about Martavis Bryant and the fact that these two have to get along. Like the, the, this is like where a player and a team have to come together and figure out a way to make each other happy. And I just feel like Smith Schuster might go back to behind Martavis Bryant on the depth chart in terms of for target share. And this is a week where it's like Indianapolis. They just don't have the perimeter corners to hang with Martavis Bryant. It's on turf. It's inside of a dome. They don't have to worry about any weather factors. I just feel like this could be a get right game for Martavis Bryant. Like, let, let's make everybody happy. Whereas Smith Schuster, he had his breakout game for sure. But before that, he had been kind of like Eli Rogers esque last year, where it's like he's seeing, you know, five, six targets. That's fine. And he's posting wide receiver three, wide receiver four numbers. But then he has a blow up game and now everybody wants to play him. I, I, I'm just having a hard time finding eight targets for him to get in that game. Whereas like Sterling Shepard, I feel like is a little bit safer. Uh, you know, he saw nine targets in his first game back last week. He's going against the San Francisco team that that it seems like Kawan Williams is going to miss another week because they have their bye. They want to get him healthy. Leon Hall is a veteran who was not on a team three weeks ago. He's now playing the slot for the 49ers. They also <laughs> traded away Rashard Robinson, one of their starting cornerbacks to the Jets at the trade deadline. So this secondary was already bad, but Sterling Shepard is going to see those uh, Leon Hall in coverage. So it's just I feel like he's a safer play. I don't I would rather play Smith Schuster in a tournament, to be honest with you, than cash, just because I think that 
Because there's so many variables here. I think Brian is actually the tournament play. I don't think people will take him at all, but he is going to be active, and I think he's active for a reason. And I think that, like, I don't think it's impossible that they script the opening play of this game like they did against Chicago, where it's a play-action deep ball to Bryant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that should have been a touchdown. Yeah, for sure it should have been. Yeah, that's entirely possible. I I do like the call for GPP. Um, Tags, I feel like your Bryant thing is is kind of what I was doing in the preseason with Joe Mixon, and I was wrong just saying, like, it makes perfect sense. Joe Mixon's by far the best running back in this backfield. Why would an NFL team not do the clear thing and make Joe Mixon their future back? And it still hasn't happened because they just don't make the best decisions. I agree. I think that they should use Martavis Bryant because he's a freak of nature. He could be a really good NFL football player. Even if you don't like the guy, put him in there, design plays for him and get him six targets in the game. Because that makes sense doesn't mean it's going to happen, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it def- I, I definitely understand where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. So I want to talk about my third player. We already talked about Golden Tate, who I love. Um, my number one guy, Sterling Shepard. My number three guy is also in Detroit. It's Marvin Jones Jr. He's been getting it done. And I talked about how much I love Matt Stafford. It's not because he's just going to throw a bunch of passes to Golden Tate. It's because he's going to throw them to everyone. And he's got two main guys. I don't have a problem with putting all three of them in my lineup. I don't really either. Like, I think I think that Marvin Jones is good. I think he's more likely to score a touchdown than Golden Tate. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I have, I have no issue with that. I think he's a strong play as well. A little overpriced on DraftKings at 6,200, I think. Agree. If if Stafford gets three touchdowns, I'd be willing to bet two of them go to those guys. Maybe two of them goes to one guy. And if you're not playing one, then you're screwed. But if you get them both in there, I just think it's the safe way to go. Yeah, Marvin Jones on on FanDuel is just 6400, which is really cheap for that site. He's a better play there, but I I don't think he's a bad play on DraftKings either. He's a he's seen at least 11 targets in each of the last 3 games, and yeah. I've watched every single one of those games and I'm noticing a trend if Marvin Jones is, is in man-to-man coverage, Matthew Stafford's throwing to him. Like it's turning into a situation where it's like, if you don't shade a safety over the top, he's going to look a safety off and he's going to throw to Marvin Jones. He's going to throw it up and he's winning jump balls. That's why he keeps doing it. So in this matchup, I honestly, it can't get much better to a guy that's been like one of the hottest receivers in football. Yeah, I definitely have no issue with Marvin Jones on either side. There isn't much that I love in terms of cash game plays at the position. Uh, Davis, who's another guy or two on your radar? Well, the the cheap guy this week, the uh, the Rashard Higgins uh, memorial reward is uh, it's it's um, Adam Humphreys. Yeah, yep. thirty one hundred. Yeah, Great call. Yeah, him and him and Corey Davis are the are the cheap wide receiver plays of the week. Can you trust Corey Davis? I want to. I mean, he was on the field for seventy five percent of the snaps. That's more than a lot of top tier wide receivers last week. The Titans planned on using him, but it was against the Ravens. So, like, what are you going to do uh, this week? He has a better matchup, and I want to trust him, but. I just can't quite get him in my cash game lineups. It's still not a great matchup, though. Like playing against Cincy, Adam Jones and Drake Kirkpatrick on the perimeter. I think they, they're weaker in the slot. And that's where Eric Decker has been playing a lot of his snaps. Uh, yeah, I think Decker is a sneaky play at 3,700. Darkeese Denard is just not very good. I, I like the Bengals pass defense. I think that they're one of the top six or seven units in football. But I think the difference between being a top two or three secondary in football and being like number seven is twofold. I mean, I I think that like going up against the Jags, you're reducing your fantasy point output by probably what, 55, 60% against the Ravens. It's probably like 40% and against the Bengals, maybe 15, 20%. So, I mean, I understand they're close in terms of rankings. I just think the Ravens are significantly better. Yeah, it's fair. I mean, it's 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 fair. I think I think honestly, the Bengals and the Ravens are in a similar territory for me. But Adam Jones has been dinged up. His back is a little bad. I mean, I love Corey Davis as a talent, so I think he could win in almost any matchup. So I'm not I'm not opposed to him. Um, I just think that if you're yeah, I, I like the 3100 Adam Humphreys call. I think that's a really good one. Like if you're just looking for a bottom of the barrel and that's one of the wide receivers I was trying to to fit into a lineup, just like trying to find a cheap guy. Uh, he's definitely one I would pay attention yeah, to. Yeah, on DraftKings, Adam Humphreys is a lock for my lineups. Like if I'm trying to spend up on those running backs, Humphreys is a clear cut guy to get, you know, five, six, seven targets. In fact, every time he's had at least five targets, not every time, I'm sorry, he's had f- at least five targets five times this season. He's got over 50 yards in four of those five games. He's going to get at least five targets this game. Yeah, and Buster Screen is not a very good cornerback, so it's a, it's a matchup to target for sure. Yeah. All right, Tags, any other uh, players that you're willing to consider for cash games at the position? Not really. Um, unless Des Bryant's ruled out, then I would uh, actually contemplate uh, d- debating on practice participation. Uh, Terrence Williams. But if Terrence Williams and Des Bryant, for whatever reason, miss, Bryce Butler <laughs> Bryce is like Butler. a must play. 
Yeah, Locke. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Really? I You guys would trust him? He's better than Terrence Williams. Yeah, he's and, way better. Uh, yeah, and I would trust him. But is he going to get the is he going to get the targets? Like D- DeMarcus Robinson's a really good wide receiver, but he doesn't get targets because of the offense he's in. Like is Bryce Butler actually going to get targets? Bryce Butler's been super efficient with his targets that he's gotten this year, so it's just I I, I don't know. It, I mean, it's something we'll definitely pay attention to. I mean, there's so many variables here. Like, does Bryant has to be out? Then if Terrence Williams if, is missing practices, like there's there's a lot of variables. So, I mean, I, this is something I'll talk about on the Sunday morning show. The more we know about this, because obviously we're recording this on Thursday. We don't have all the answers right now. It's something that'll be we just remain liquid with it and understand that if Des Bryant misses, you're going to want to find a Dallas Cowboys receiver to play. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. Uh, guys, let's move over to tight end. I know you can't play him on DraftKings, but Rob Gronkowski against Denver looks awfully good, even though he's 8,100. The position's just not too exciting this week. So I think you can spend up on Gronk. We already talked about, uh, what's his name, Garrett Selleck over in San Francisco. And as much as it pains me to say it, it's a good play. It's a really good play. It's ugly in San Francisco, and so he's going to get some targets. And he's sufficient. Like, you can throw him in there for super cheap. So, uh, Davis, are those the two guys that you're considering as well? I guess you can't consider Gronk on uh, DraftKings, but right. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually looking at Ingram. I actually think I like him a little bit better than Shepard, just because I think his touchdown potential is greater. And uh, okay. I like Tyler Croft as well. And then for my my really cheap guy is Nick O'Leary. Wait, is uh, isn't Clay going to play this week though? Oh, I had not heard that. So obviously that would yeah, make O'Leary from- unplayable. It, oh, we just found out he's practicing today. So yeah, it looks like Charles Clay is going to play. Um, I was thinking O'Leary was good too, but I, I didn't think Charles was going to play. Um, all right. So news just popped up from Ian Rappaport. Does Bryant just told me at the end of the day, y'all know I'm going to play. Brian says right knee injury is different area than last year's knee injury. So he's saying that he's going to play, but we've heard Stefan Diggs say things like that. Um, but yeah, it, Charles Clay, they did say earlier in the week, uh, Sean McDermott said that he was on track to play him returning to practice. It lines up with that. So at tight end, what do you guys think about Cameron Brait? I think he's a solid play with Mike Evans yeah, out. I like him too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, I didn't even consider him with Mike Evans out, but that makes a lot of sense. Enough sense for me to reconsider using Gronk. Maybe I'll spin up on AJ Green instead now. There's been uh, five games where uh, tight ends have struggled against them. Those tight ends were Julius Thomas twice, Jared Cook, Mercedes Lewis, and Nick O'Leary. Uh, the four tight ends who played really well against them, they all scored, were Rob Gronkowski, Austin Hooper, Charles Clay, and David Njoku. I think Brait falls in the latter category. Well within it, yeah. At 4,100 to get a guy that you're guaranteed to get, you know, six to eight targets with. I think Cameron Braid at 4,100 is worth mentioning. But yeah, Garrett Selleck at 2,500. I'm having a hard time not playing him, oddly. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, I really like that call tags. Um, we're going to flip on over and talk about GPP contests now. These are the big tournaments. We are not talking about kickers. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> if you ask me questions on on Twitter about kickers, if you haven't noticed... I don't answer those ones. I get too many questions to answer kicker questions. So it's just, it's such a crapshoot. We already talked about defense special teams. So we'll go back to quarterback for GPP contests here. So Davis, who stands out for you here in uh, tournament games? It's got to be Dak. He's like clearly the best tournament play, I think. Okay. Because I think there's enough concern like, oh, Dez is banged up. Terrence Williams is banged up. I don't hear anyone talking about him as a core play. And all he does every week is score like 28 fantasy points, just like every game. (laughs) Yeah. And he's got the legs too. Like even if he doesn't have Dez to throw to, like you should just put Dak out there and run him for 60 yards. Yeah. Like that's just, it's just what he does. So like, I just don't, I don't see how he's not like the best tournament play. If you guys are ready to hear tags groan. I'm going to give you uh, that opportunity right now because my favorite GPP play, oh, no. there it goes, <laughs> before he even hears it, is Eli Manning <laughs> at San Francisco. Uh, Eli Manning. Love it. What? What? What is going on here? I love it. Yeah, Eli Manning goes nuts sometimes <laughs> and it could happen against San Francisco. So, uh, you know, 50% chance he goes for negative points and burns your lineup. 50% chance he helps you win a GPP. <laughs> San Francisco is terrible. Um, and uh, the Giants defense has been terrible. I mean, granted, I actually, with Janoris Jenkins returning to it, I'm more of a fan of them this week against the 49ers offense, but I, I'm not kidding. Eli Manning is a phenomenal tournament play. Like if you pair him up with uh, Sterling Shepard or Evan Ingram, you might even be able to do a triple stack and and go with it. I know Maddox is is like a big fan of that, the onslaught. I do. Oh, and, God, uh, I love the onslaught. I didn't even put Wayne Gallman in there. Like we saw what happened with Corey Clement <laughs> no. last week, right? Corey Clement went for three oh, touchdowns. No. Wayne Gallman could catch you know, four passes and take one 80 yards to the house. And if you're the only guy that has that triple stack, I'll tell you what, you're winning 400,000 bucks. 
This is nuts. We're off the rails already. But I actually have no I have no issue with the Eli call. Dak, I'm a little worried. I I think Dak actually if, if his price wasn't so high, I think he could be considered for cash. Dak is so good. Even if you go back to when he didn't have Dez at the beginning of last year, he was scoring at least 17 fantasy points. You're every right. Game. Like yeah. Dak Prescott is I, I, I'm not I, I'm always a fan of putting Dak in the lineups like he's he's always my guy. I believe he's a top five quarterback in the NFL like he is super good. Um, it's just there's a lot of things going on in this game that I'm just like worried about. But I think Davis might be right in the fact that there might be lower ownership because of that. But me, I think Drew Brees is in play at 6900 uh, for tournaments because people are starting to to chill on breeze they're tra- they're starting to think that this is turning into a run team. Uh, he's only thrown 13 touchdowns through eight games. And this is a guy who over the last nine years has thrown at least 32 touchdowns. What that tells me, because everything else is good. His yards per attempt is good. His completion percentage is up there. Everything's good. He's getting protection. They're not throwing as much, but his touchdowns are in line for a massive jump. And when you look at the Bills, the Bills are a team that started out really hot. They've really struggled as of late. Three of the last four games, they've allowed a quarterback to throw for at least 313 yards against them. The only one who didn't was Josh McCown, and that was last week when they took their foot off the gas because they were they were blowing them out. Drew Brees, Michael Thomas stack. I don't know. And again, Michael Thomas is another player that people are starting to sour on a little bit. I'm not one of those people. I, I happen to believe that both these players are in for positive touchdown regression. Yeah. People are scared that it's Breeze on the road. Breeze on the road hasn't been as good as home Breeze, but he's been still been very, very, very yeah. good. So I think he's solid for a tournament too. You know, and also I already mentioned Matthew Stafford for cash games and, and Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can use either of those guys. Pretty much all of our cash game plays are good for GPP as well. Um, but the one other guy I want to mention, and he's actually been in the most million dollar lineups of any quarterback all season. It's Jared Goff. And I dropped him down my rankings quite a bit this week because I just don't think he's all that good. Um, I no, guess Goff, else- Goff is good. I hate no Jared Goff is good. This is my biggest pet peeve <laughs> in football right now is people who who refuse to put Jared Goff in the Carson Wentz, Dak like young quarterback tier. I think he's a Sean McVay quarterback. I mean, I, I watch him play, and uh, I think that their offensive line has improved very much. He doesn't really have anyone to pass to, but the touchdown rate five point three percent that's reserved for Tom Brady. Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers, and he is not that. He's going to see touchdown regression. He will see touchdown regression, but I also think he will see yard regression when he doesn't play uh, for a defense that's quite so good. They've been blowing okay. teams out in these games. Mm-hmm. Like they've just, right. they have yeah. they have two fifty point games where all he's done is hand the ball off in the second half. Maybe I just can't get over the first impression we had of Jared Goff where he just looked like the worst quarterback we've ever seen, like worse than Tom Savage. He wasn't worse than Blake Bortles, though. But no, no Jared go Goff- back and watch the tape. <laughs> no, you are wrong. Jared Goff was the worst quarterback we have ever seen last year. I mean, I, I, I dis- Jeff Fisher is I disagree the worst. on the worst. Yeah. He is the worst. He He's definitely the worst. I think we can all agree on that, that he's the worst. Jared Goff, I mean, he's playing extremely well. Houston is uh, the team that has allowed the most elite, that I have. So my elite performances are 25 or more points to quarterbacks. The Houston Texans have allowed allowed the most elite performances to quarterbacks. There's already been four quarterbacks this year who have done that. And then you had Jacoby Brissett last week going for 21 and a half points. Again, the, the Houston stops the run pretty well. So I have no issue with Jared Goff this week. And honestly, I I mean, I don't know what his ownership is going to look like. I don't know if it a lot be, of people fall into that nothing. category. It will be 5% maybe. Yeah. I happen to agree with you. I think so, people are still hesitant about him, even though they're it, we're entering week 10 and they're the top scoring offense guys Todd Gurley has begun to fall off and again Houston does do well against the run so I I think he's a good play I think Roethlisberger can be considered um at 6600 don't forget last year guys against an Indianapolis defense that was honestly probably better than the one that they're fielding right now he threw the ball 20 times and he threw for I think it was 221 yards and three touchdowns it was something ridiculous and so I don't know if it's the whole road thing. I don't know if it's playing in a dome changes that, but Roethlisberger is a solid play too. I want to go back to tight end really quick. Like for GPP, there is not a single player that I would consider, even even in GPP that we didn't mention in cash games. Like there's only four or five guys on my radar for cash games and they're all on my radar for GPP and nobody else even qualifies. I mean, got to give got to give Jack Doyle a shout. He's got like a 27% target share of that offense. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, you're right. Pittsburgh's been so good in the air, though, even against tight ends. Yeah, that's my concern is that Jacoby Brissett isn't good enough to throw for a lot against them. But I that target but he share. does throw like f- almost 40 passes a game. So I, I guess I could see a scenario right. where Doyle catches two touchdowns. Oh, yeah, for sure. His target share is something you can't ignore. Uh, I think Kyle Rudolph should be in play for tournaments. And uh, I mentioned it earlier and everybody's going to want to scar- scoff it off. But Eric Ebron, 3100, man, against the Browns. I don't don't say I didn't mention him. And Darren Fells plays more than Eric Ebron. Why aren't we talking about Darren Fells? Well, Darren Fells has been blocking a lot more. He doesn't run as many pass routes as Eric Ebron. It's kind of like going like OJ Howard plays more snaps than Cameron Brait, but he sees half the targets. So, I mean, again, Eric Ebron was someone that teams inquired about at the trade deadline, but the Lions refused to move him, which tells me that they do want him involved in their offense. Uh, He's just a young dude. And um, again, at 3,100, it's it's very, 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 very low risk. Yeah, I agree. Is there anyone else you'd consider Davis for uh, for tight end? No, I think uh, I think we covered most of it. Mm-hmm. So, guys, this is a little bit ridiculous. I uh, I don't know why this just popped back up in my mind, but I wanted to make sure and share it with you. The NFL is so weird that Bruce Ellington has missed a week. Bruce Ellington, you know, the third wide receiver for uh, for Houston. He has more snaps this season than AJ Green and Julio Jones. Can you guys believe that? Wow. That is that is very That's, bizarre. It doesn't make any sense. What is going on there? <laughs> Michael Crabtree, too. I would guess it's just a function of... Their plays per game? Yeah, that's got to be it. The, the amount of games that they've been trailing and not had tight ends on the field. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. Okay, guys, let's bounce back over to uh, to running back. We've already talked about a lot of guys, but there's some guys who are always on the radar. Chris Thompson, um, you know, a Jarek McKinnon, guys who break big plays. Davis, who stands out to you? Yeah, McKinnon. McKinnon is the guy for me because because he's also been involved on the ground too. Uh, like they they haven't completely phased him out as a, as a running back, even while he's been the primary pass catching back too. So like I th- and I think that people generally consider the Washington defense to be good, which is which is true, but it's more based on the strength of their cornerbacks. All right, Tags, how about you, man? There's quite a few running backs. I think LaShawn McCoy is going to be really low owned after what people watched on Thursday Night Football, and he basically you know he. F- flopped like hard uh, I think his ownership is going to be lower than it's been in a long time especially considering the guys that are in his price range I think he's a solid play against New Orleans New Orleans has allowed five running backs more than 15 PPR points LaShawn McCoy has played better at home with the Bills for whatever reason their offensive line is healthy again there's just there's so much to like because he's game script proof where it's like if they fall behind he's still going to be involved in the passing game a lot of people are thinking that Kelvin Benjamin is going to take away some of his upside I'm saying it right now. I would be shocked if Calvin Benjamin sees more than six targets in this game. Me too. Because he he doesn't create separation. Marshawn Lattimore is like, you know, he's going to be glued to him all game. It's just I, I wouldn't play Calvin Benjamin this week in season long, let alone DFS. So I think LaShawn McCoy is a solid play um, in a tournament. I, again, cash, you don't need to go there. McKinnon's awesome. Uh, I think that's a great play. Yeah. And if you go down further, Orleans Darkwa isn't like the worst play. Um, he's been getting a lot of carries. They want to give him the carries. And if, you know, against the 49ers, it could be a game where the Giants can kind of run the ball. And he's been a player that's been playing better than most. And again, the 49ers have allowed some pretty big games to running back. So, I mean, I, I think you could do worse than him at 4,500. Yeah, I can actually co-sign on the Darkwood play. You know, Darkwood plays in the toilet bowl, though, against the 49ers. Like, do fantasy points even count in that game? It's like hardly an NFL game. Well, they do, but at 4,500, so the 49ers are allowing 34.5 rushing attempts per game. I want to say that's what the their average is now. No other team in the NFL averages more than like 31. So it, there's plenty of carries to go around here. And if Darkwa gets 20 carries and let's say he scores a touchdown, which is entirely possible in this game, at yeah. 4,500, you're making out like a bandit while a lot of people are paying up at the running back position. I, I typically like to use GPP contests for running backs that I think can break a big play. I, I don't. Mm-hmm. Really think Dark was that guy, um, but yeah, I could see a scenario where he gets uh, 120 yards and two touchdowns. So he is on my radar. There's more guys that I like uh, better though. Jerick McKinnon, as I mentioned, he's my number one. I want to get some exposure to uh, each of the Green Bay guys, not in the same lineup, obviously. But I could see Aaron Jones going nuts, or I could see Ty Montgomery somehow uh, landing this job and going nuts at less than 0.5 percent ownership. And the one guy that uh, that really stands out. Doug Martin against the Jets. I think Doug Martin could be a star. We just haven't seen it. And uh, we, d- we did see it in that first game and everyone was like, man, Doug Martin is back and he looks awesome. I think people have forgotten that and uh, we might see more of that type of muscle hamster this week. 
The issue is that the Jets have been really good against the run. Like even after losing Sheldon Richardson, trading him away, maybe the Jets were onto something because this team has outplayed every single expectation that, that people set on them. Jamal Adams has helped out in the run game. They're their number one draft pick that the, a lot of He's people awesome. thought the Bears should take. Yeah, Jamal Adams is really good. I, I don't I don't know if I'd like Martin very much. It's not the worst call because he's a, he's going to be on the goal line if they don't bench him again. I don't like Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. It's a situation I'm avoiding. I just don't think it's a high-scoring offense. The Bears have yet to allow a 100-yard rusher this season. They've allowed touchdowns, but it's again, it's a messy timeshare where it's like if you're getting Aaron Jones, you might as well go up to like Alvin, uh, Alvin Kamara. You know, he's not much more expensive. Jarek McKinnon's there. Obviously, we know you like him. So, yeah, there's there's so many plays this week that people that way that ways people can go. So I don't think ownership is going to be too high outside of guys like Le'Veon Bell, guys like Todd Gurley. Yeah, you know that that crowd. Moving over to GPP for wide receiver, uh, Robbie Anderson is on the top of my mind going against Tampa Bay. Uh, he's got the big play potential. He's also going to get plenty of targets. Uh, Davis, who are a few guys that stand out to you for GPP? I actually think we have not talked about this at all yet, but McCown and this Jets offense. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Buccaneers are are they're literally dead last in, in DVOA. Yep. They are the worst defense. And McCown has been good this year. And yes. Robbie Anderson is like the air yards king. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, McCown has he's averaging over 20 fantasy points per game over his last four games. That's top three in the NFL people. Yeah, he's like completely forgot about. Yeah, he he could definitely be. McCown could be considered in GPP. I don't know why we didn't talk about him. Honestly, he's like in the border for cash. Yeah, <laughs> if you really yeah, want to right. think about it. I would have played him for cash. Like if, he, like if he was the same price he'd been all year, like 5,600 or whatever, right. like pro- probably just lock. Yeah, mm-hmm. I actually agree. And it seems like Brent, I don't know if Brent Grimes is going to play, but he's missed the last two weeks. Um, and if he's out, yeah, Robbie Anderson, like is like an awesome play. Uh, but yeah, I have I have no issue with that. Tags, you mentioned Corey Davis for cash. I love him for GPP. I mean, we're talking about someone who could be a superstar right away. I'm not saying he was Odell Beckham, who I think was the best young wide receiver we've ever seen in the NFL. Um, but he could be someone who is, uh, you know, he's $5,800 right now. He could be worth $8,000 right away. Yeah, I mean, I'm on board with Corey Davis. Yeah. So Davis, yeah, Davis, uh, he's one of like Corey Davis a little bit. I, I think you wait a week. I think his ownership will be down next week. Uh, I'm a huge Corey Davis supporter. It's just, I think there's better plays this week. I don't know. Like okay. in a tournament, in a tournament, especially Martavis Bryant at 3,900, like that's, he's got to be in some of my tournament lineups. Like it's a must yeah. it's one play and he, he legitimately hits value. Uh, I think I mentioned it before Eric Decker against the Bengals, uh, against Darkeese Denard in the slot at 3,700 Decker scored his first touchdown. Obviously the other week things yeah. are working out well. And Corey Davis and Richard Matthews, they pull attention away. Whereas Eric Decker is like an afterthought for a defense and a um, touchdown machine. He hasn't done it this year, but he's a touchdown machine, man. He used, yeah, he was with the jets. Um, now, one and people you might want to turn off your podcast you might want to turn it down you might want to do something but Terrell Pryor um and I'm not 35 a Pryor freaking hundred man yeah I'm not a fan of Terrell Pryor the player I don't think he's very good but you're talking about Minnesota right and Minnesota I would assume that Xavier Rhodes is going to cover Josh Doxson because Josh Doxson is their number one receiver where Trey Waynes has allowed some some plays to some fast wide receivers and if you know if there's anything we know about Pryor is that he's got plenty of speed. So, I mean, at 3,500, he's going to be forced into playing snaps. Like, it seems like Jordan Reed might miss another week. Jamison Crowder is definitely not 100%. It's just looking at the strengths and weaknesses of the teams. And, I mean, you could do worse at 3,500. You're right. Yeah, I could see him having uh, having a big game there for sure with Terrell Pryor trying to play for a contract. You know he's not getting kept in, uh, in Washington. Yeah. Uh, a few other names that stand out in my mind. Deontay Thompson for the Bills, again, got double-digit targets last week. I know that Kelvin Benjamin's coming back, Charles Clay's coming back, but for whatever reason, Tyrod Taylor loves Deontay Thompson, so I could see him having a big game there. So I know the 49ers pass game is not very good, but going against the Giants, I could see Goodwin or Aldrick Robinson having a good game, so uh, I wouldn't mind getting some uh, shares of those guys. I want to say one more name before we before we're done here. Uh, Taylor Gabriel. Uh, uh, by the way, breaking news: Ezekiel Elliott's motion for an injunction was denied. He is back suspended. This is this. It seems like it's the end. I think I will. I will legitimately believe it when he is not on the field Sunday. And it, it, like, it's crazy how many times this is. This is like the fifth time it's flip flopped, right? I was told this was the last thing. This is it. I, this is yeah. It, I was told this was the last thing, and it says denied. So it seems I'm so like happy. he's suspended. It's. I am so happy. I'm gonna get him for the championship game. <laughs> 
I thought that I was ruined, that I wasn't going to get to use him in the playoffs. So I'm very happy right now. Oh, man. But anyways, I mean, I would have much liked to hear that he was going to play the rest of the season just for selfish reasons. But um, this is okay. Yeah, I just want to mention one more name. And um, Taylor Gabriel, 3,500. The Falcons are at home. Uh, They have one of the high. I think they might have the highest implied total of the entire week. And he matches up on the side with Anthony Brown, uh, the the Cowboys cornerback who is allowed. I want to say it's five touchdowns in his coverage. He's been one of the worst cornerbacks in the league this year. Uh, he's really struggled. So Taylor Gabriel with um, Austin Hooper, his hands, like if you watch the Falcons games, I do. Um, Austin Hooper's hands have been the death of him. Like he's a very good athlete. Yeah, he, he's he's physical and all that. But his hands have failed him. He's got two drops in the last two weeks. And he, he just it's, he doesn't look very confident when he's catching the ball is basically what it comes down to. So if Taylor Gabriel starts getting some of those targets, uh, it could really pay off. And Mohamed Sanu this week is matching up with Orlando Skandrick, who's probably the best cornerback on the Cowboys. So if you're picturing them to score points i think taylor gabriel's a guy if you're looking if you're setting like 10 tournament lineups maybe throw them in one of them just to see what you got yeah that makes sense to me all right guys well that's all for today's show davis we really appreciate you joining us yeah it was uh, it was a great time i would love to come back and do it again yeah and uh, after i have another great week i'll be sure to hit you up on twitter and, and say thank you awesome thank you very much for having me yeah it's our pleasure take care davis Okay, so as promised, we are doing the Draft.com contest, and it is head-to-head. We're going to finish off the show with this. Uh, Tags, why don't you explain what's going on here? All right, so we are going to be participating, Bobby and I, in a head-to-head draft. We're doing it against each other. This is something neat that we're doing, just as between us, is like a friendly bet. Uh, but Draft is a place where you can go and partake in head-to-head battles. You could take place. You can invite all your friends into one. You could do, it's kind of like a you do a draft where you go through a five-round pick. If you guys have listened to our last shows you know how that goes where it's just a snake draft and you draft every single week it's kind of like DFS, but with a snake draft. It's awesome. Uh, you get to pick anybody you want. So it, it's really fun. And if you guys do sign up through our link, draft.com forward slash fantasy pros, what happens is you are notified when Bobby or I start a contest and then you can automatically join to play against us. Uh, but you'll also, if you sign up through that link, once you make your first deposit, they are going to give you an entry into a $3 tournament absolutely free. Yep. And it's draft.com slash fantasy pros and fantasy pros is all one word. I'm going to give you guys one guess who got the first pick. It's the person who always gets lucky here. <laughs> I wouldn't call it <laughs> luck. <laughs> I, I, but Bobby, I'm going to tell you the truth. I, I really feel like Ezekiel Elliott. I think you should draft him. Um, I, I, I hunch. <laughs> well, I was planning on drafting Josh Gordon first. So I thought that you would probably end up getting Ezekiel Elliott. And then, you know, but if he lasts to me, I'll, I'll go for both of them. So you got the first pick. Who are you taking? I'm taking Le'Veon Bell. This is a no brainer. Okay. I'm taking taking the guy who's getting the most touches here. I feel like there's three really good running backs this week now that uh, Ezekiel Elliott's out. So I'm pulling the trigger on both of those just to make sure before the cliff drops off. I'm getting Leonard Fournette and Todd Gurley. Leonard Fournette and Todd Gurley. Wow. Um, so that's going to leave me with <laughs> a decision to make uh, between... Wow. Um, I can't tell you because otherwise I'm kind of giving it away. I'm going, I'm going to take Antonio Brown because, well, it's Antonio Brown. Well, I mean, and you have al- two picks here, so. Yeah. I'm also going to take AJ Green because I'm getting the number one and number two receivers this week. I probably should have taken AJ Green first because he's finishing as the wide receiver one. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I was really hoping that you would just be like, oh, well, I'm just going to get my other running back now and take Jordan Howard. But you can wait until your last pick to do that because you mm-hmm. know that I can't take a running back. Um, so let's see here. I want the best quarterback on the slate, but I don't think you're going to draft Matthew Stafford. So I'm just going to go ahead and dare you. You can take whoever you want. And if it's Matthew Stafford, so be it. But I think he's the number one guy. So I'm going to hold off there. I'm going to take. No, hold on a second. You don't need a wide receiver. So I can wait and do that now. I'm going to take Damn Matthew it. Stafford just to make sure I get him. Is that is that who you were going to take? <laughs> no, I wasn't going to. But I thought I was laughing because I was just like thinking to myself. I'm like, Bobby doesn't realize that I don't need a wide receiver. I just explained it too to everyone. And that's uh-huh. kind of ridiculous. So let me see who I'm taking here at wide receiver for my last pick. Um, I'm sorry, for my first wide receiver pick. And it's really tough. I don't really see anyone who stands out. I love Gronk this week. It's kind of weird to draft a tight end in a head-to-head draft. Uh, Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins, Golden Tate all sitting there. Michael Thomas against Buffalo. Man, I'm just going to go ahead and go with Julio Jones, I guess. He's been getting a lot more targets lately. <laughs> I'm going to go with Julio Jones, I guess. Like It's like a, it's like a punishment <laughs> to take Julio Jones. Um, Hold on a second. I just saw a note before I clicked draft. He didn't practice on Wednesday with his ankle injury, so I'm going to stop before I hit draft. I'm going to go ahead and uh, and go Golden Tate here. 
Golden Tate. I, I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I'm feeling pretty good right now um, because I am looking at my top two wide receivers, the top running back on the board. And honestly, I would actually go with Devonta Freeman here if I knew he was 100% healthy, but I don't know that as of the time we were doing this. So I'm going to take the safe play and I'm going to go with LaShawn McCoy. And then I have one more pick. Oh, God. Um, now I'm really surprised you didn't pick Jordan Howard, man. I mean, I like Howard, but at the same time, I just feel like McCoy's ceiling is a little bit higher. I have enough safety on my roster right now uh, between Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and A.J. Green. Now it comes down to which quarterback I want to take because Dak Prescott, we don't have the answers about the slate. Matt Stafford, you took, who is another safe quarterback. Um, man, this is tough. Drew Brees is there. Tom Savage. Tom Savage. <sighs> I am going to, all right, so you double stack there. Uh, I'm actually, I'm going to go with Drew Brees here. I'm just, I just think that Drew Brees, that the matchup is too good against Buffalo for him not to have a QB one type game. I just think he's outside of Stafford. He's probably one of the safer plays in the board. Yeah. Um, So I can go Julio Jones hurt, Des Bryant hurt, DeAndre Hopkins, Tom Savage. Uh, I'm just going Rob Gronkowski. I think it's safe. Even against Denver, I think Rob Gronkowski is the best pick. So, Tags, why don't you tell everyone your team and you all can send us who you think is going to win on Twitter at Mike Tagliere NFL and at Bobby Fantasy Pro. Y'all know who's going to win. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I really think you are going <laughs> to whoop me this week. Your team is really good. Well, yeah, I mean, both of our teams are really good. But um, yeah, Drew Brees, Le'Veon Bell, LaShawn McCoy, uh, Antonio Brown, AJ Green. Like there's there's just not a hole on my roster. Yeah, I've got uh, Matthew Stafford, best quarterback this week. Leonard Fournette, best running mm-hmm. back this week. Todd Gurley. I know you disagree with that. You like Le'Veon Bell, but Leonard Fournette, Todd Gurley, Golden Tate, Rob Gronkowski. So your wide receiver just whooped mine so bad. Uh, projections have you winning by 1.3 points. So we'll let you all know who won. Tags, it was a lot of fun, man. Absolutely. Yeah, don't forget, guys. Sign up through the link. It really helps us out. Um, it lets them know that we're sending you guys over to them. And that honestly, like I said before, I've said before, is that I was referred to this company draft uh, by a friend uh, in the industry. And um, he's like, just try it out. I promise you won't regret it and since it's i've incredible. done it i have not regretted it so this is like where i bring all my business now yeah draft.com slash fantasy pros thank you to them for sponsoring today's show and we've got three more shows coming up next week make sure to subscribe and review us on itunes if you haven't already that way you don't miss any shows for mike Tagliere, i'm bobby sylvester thanks for listening and enjoy your football i just wanted you to watch me dissolve.